USB Type-C here, the EU wants as the main standardized form of charging for all mobile phones, tablets, and cameras sold in the EU. If it was standardized, they estimated that a single charger would save about 250 million euros for consumers. Also, it's a giant, just like, we are Apple, we don't listen to you type thing. Like, I feel like that's very much in the cards there. Anything iPhone related always has that happen, but especially this, because it could change the way people actually charge their devices. Welcome back to the Digital Eye Podcast, a conversation about tech. My name is Darsh. I'm heavily caffeinated and I am one of your hosts. My name is Jacqueline. I'm your other host. This week, we're talking about something that I'm getting asked about and texts about all the time. And it's because it's going to be very relevant to all of our lives. The EU just passed a bill that is going to require every mobile phone by the fall of 2024 to have the same universal USB Type-C charging port. And the implications of that could be huge for the iPhone. If you like what you hear this episode, guys, make sure to hit that follow button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and make sure that you get notified of every episode that we put out and ultimately helps us get the show out to even more people. With that being said, I also want to give a huge shout out to Wes Nickel. They gave an amazing review. They gave us five stars saying, awesome show. They had said, love listening on my way to work. Always excited for the new episodes. You both do a great job of delivering tech and tech news in a quick, digestible way. Plus, it's like hanging out with two friends. (laughs) Haha, keep up the hard work. Thank you, Wes. We really appreciate it. Oh my God, it. that was so wholesome. That's actually such a wholesome comment. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I'm actually really happy for you to get. That's amazing. I, 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 didn't, I just saw that it was like a five-star comment. So I was like, okay, let, let, let's give this as a shout out. Like it's five-star and it's really recent. Let's do it. And then I just read it. I'm like, this is so nice. That's like, actually I'm, so I'm heartwarming. Oh my God, I love it. It was really wholesome. And with that all being said, roll the intro. Before I start the episode, I don't know what's going on. My building is doing a lot of construction. It's been a nightmare with filming, and it's going to be a nightmare with this podcast. So I think our incredible editor is going to be able to cut most of it out. But if you hear any, like, drilling or someone dropping something, it sounds like they have continuously dropped their hammer. Like, I have no idea what's going on. If you hear that, it's construction in the building, and I'm sorry. Well, that is very, very good to know. I honestly can't hear anything on my end, oh, so okay, I think great. that you might be good. But with that being said... It's so loud here. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Like, like can like, you hear me? Can you hear me, Jacqueline? <laughs> Jacqueline, can you hear me? Dude, you're competing with a lot of construction workers, I'll tell you that. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but your voice is coming through. It's all good. All right. This is Darsh's idea to talk about this, and I'm so stoked because I just created a YouTube short on it. It's not public yet, but I created this YouTube short because I literally am getting texts about this all the time from people outside of tech YouTube world. And that normally is a pretty good indicator of how interesting a topic is. Like, obviously we care about certain like very niche things within tech YouTube, but if it permeates outside of that and like the average person cares about it, it means it's probably significant in some way. And so anything iPhone related always has that happen, but especially this, because it could change the way people actually charge their devices. Absolutely. And we'd actually talked about this a little bit on the podcast a couple of months ago when the initial kind of introduction of this bill was brought out and everyone was kind of freaking out a little bit, just because when they say they want every single device to be USB-C. They mean it. And they don't even just mean USB-C in general. They're talking about standardizing every single type of charging to ultimately reduce e-waste in the EU, which I actually think is a, is a fairly cool idea. Wait, so before we, before we get into it, I think we should just like back up a little bit and explain three things. What USB Type-C is and then how, like, what the EU is actually proposing and how they've gone about it. Just in case like, if people don't have any context of the subject. So like how Abs- I feel like we should also say how the iPhone charges right now. Absolutely, absolutely. I I'll, you know I'll start with uh, USB Type C if you want to jump into what the EU is doing afterward. Okay. okay. All right. Cool. Go for it. So USB Type C is a USB standard. So with the normal USB ports that we've been used to and and have adopted over the past couple of years has been USB Type A. That's that rectangular prism almost looking 
uh, USB device that you use and it's available on 90% of computers today. Now, with that being said, USB Type-C is that smaller, more spherical, cylindrical, overlooking port that pretty much Apple had introduced with, with the laptops, like the MacBooks. They'd gone all USB Type-C. So if you have seen the new laptops and new MacBooks and you've seen how they only had those four ports on it, those two ports on it that were all identical, that's USB Type-C. Now, the reason that USB Type-C was adopted and has been being adopted by all these different manufacturers is because it's so versatile. It can be used for not only high data transfers, but can also be used for charging amongst a ton of other things, such as like displays and so on and so forth. So with that being said, USB Type-C seems to be a pretty useful port to have. And the idea behind it when it was introduced was to be this like main port that could just be working on everything. Anything and everything that requires a USB port could use USB Type-C because it pretty much replaces the need for most other ports, if not all. So USB Type-C here, the EU wants as the main standardized form of charging for all mobile phones, tablets, and cameras sold in the EU. Jacqueline, want to jump in from there? Yeah. And so Apple has used USB Type-C. First of all, Darcy, you're always so like, articulate and good. That was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're the best. You too. You too. You too. <laughs> thank like, you. Don't, don't just give it all to me. Come on. <laughs> thank you. Oh, no. This is so great. Yeah. So basically, Apple has already used USB Type-C on like their MacBooks and iPads. So they have used it on some devices, but iPhone still uses Lightning. They switched over to Lightning from the 30-pin connector years ago, and Lightning has kind of become the standard. And then last year, or maybe the year before, they introduced MagSafe charging, which is like using the magnetic back of the phone to wirelessly charge and it's like a puck that sticks onto the phone and so like the writing is maybe on the wall that like eventually we might get a portless iphone potentially we'll get back to that as like a potential theory of how apple is going to circumvent this issue maybe but they haven't used usb type-c on the iphones and a lot of other android manufacturers have and what the european union is arguing is that if it was standardized they estimated that a single charger would save about 250 million euros for consumers and that additionally, it would also really help with the environment and environmental waste. Now, the thing that I think a lot of people don't consider is that short term, it would actually lead to more environmental waste because people would be throwing out their old lightning chargers and they would have to buy all new cables. But if we think about like the long tail effect of this over the long run, having one cable for every device makes sense. Um, and the EU voted 602 people voted in favor of it, 13 against and eight people abstained is that how you say that right Darsh? yeah, abs yeah. Ab abstain but the, the article that i had sent you said abstentions and i i i, I, don't I was think so ever confused heard that, like yeah tense okay. of abstain <laughs> like okay like i like i would have just written 13 against and 18 abstained from voting but i guess I, 18 abstentions sounds so much more it political. does kind of sound it yeah <laughs> but the other the, so the wireless device though um the european union also says that european union commission hopes to harmonize like those requirements for wireless chargers so because basically there's like Qi wireless charging, and then Apple also has MagSafe wireless charging, which is like a superset of Qi wireless charging. And so I think we, let's, that's like the overarching theme. The one thing that I want to throw out now, and then Darsh and I will talk about it, is that some people are speculating that the way Apple could get around the situation is by just going portless and skipping from not going to Lightning USB Type-C, but instead just going Lightning right to MagSafe, no more Lightning. And then that way, there's technically not a port on the phone, but they don't have to adopt this universal thing. Do we think they will do that? I don't know, honestly. I would love your thoughts. Well, honestly, actually, so the more I think about it, right, if Apple were to introduce USB Type-C as the main form of charging for the iPhones and I guess the iPads all across the board in the EU, then personally for myself, I know I'd be wanting to import one of these phones. Like I wouldn't want to be buying an iPhone here with like lightning. Well, they probably would just use it everywhere. Like, do you think that they would just create one just for Europe? Because I feel like that would be like a supply chain nightmare. See, I feel like it could be a supply chain nightmare, but also like this isn't something that we haven't seen before. We've seen a lot of phones like Samsung, for example, 
who optimize their phones for different markets. So if you're in the Asian market, you're not going to get a Snapdragon processor on any of your Samsung phones. You're going to get an Exynos, um, like one of their own in-house silicon-based chips in the phone. So I I don't see this as something that's completely outlandish to think just because there are a ton of phones that have done it or like OnePlus, for example. There are different companies that have been doing something similar and been switching up different variations of phone based on where they're located. And then that also leads and leaves this whole opening for anyone who wants to kind of, what is it called, import these phones over time to like wherever they are. So like I know for myself, if they were to move to USB Type-C for the iPhone 15, for example, I would probably be ordering my phone from the EU or I'd order it in the EU to someone I know living there and ask them to, imp- ask them to ship it out to me. That way I'd be able to actually access USB Type-C for my iPhone instead of using a lightning cable just because USB Type-C, I have so many of those cables. It makes a lot of sense. That's a really interesting perspective, actually. Like, I hadn't considered that potentially they'll just create a phone for Europe and then keep lightning everywhere else. I think the, to weigh the pros and cons of that, the pro would be that then they could still profit off the lightning and have that specific cable within other parts of the world. The con is that then they have to create two different phones, which, as you just said, Samsung does do that. But for Apple, I feel like they're pretty streamlined in how they do the phone and like the manufacturing process. And also everything in the phone is like so specifically designed in terms of sizing that the USB type C port takes up a little bit more room. So they would have to like change the sizing of the other internal components. And I feel like to design two different insides for phones when they come out with so many different models now every year, like they come out with the regular, the Max, the Pro, the Pro Max, the Plus, like there's so much going on that I think that that would be mm-hmm. very challenging. Not that they couldn't do it. Obviously, they're a huge company, but I do wonder if that would be worth their time or if they would just be better off putting everything for USB Type-C. Well, see, that's also the alternate there, right? They've already introduced MagSafe. And at this point, by 2024, MagSafe would have been three years old. So this isn't, oh no, not even three years old. Right now, it's already two years old. So it would be four years old. So at that point, the technology has been around for so long. That is where I'd kind of start seeing the possibility of just bringing a full cordless iPhone. And this isn't something that's new either. This is something that's been rumored and talked about year after year for the last maybe three or four years. Pretty much since MagSafe came out, everyone has kind of said, okay, like this is like next year is going to be the year. No, no port. Next year is going to be the year. And honestly, I don't like, I think that becoming fully portless is going to be what Apple is going for in the long run anyway. And this just might be an advantage or an incentive for them to kind of expedite that process in their overall production plan. Because I started seeing it like this, like I drive like an older car, it's like 11 years old now, I believe, something like that. And it actually has a USB, like a 30 pin connector connected inside the dash. And so when you bought, when you bought the car, you were able to choose between um, a 30 pin connector or I think it was like another charger for like an Android phone, for example. Yeah. And I know that a lot of companies, a lot of car manufacturers still offer a cable built into the, into the cars for specific people or specific like feature sets. Some cars have them, some cars don't. But you sometimes you have an option of getting USB-C or Lightning. And these cords, are they tend to be pretty expensive sometimes if you're getting them directly from the manufacturers. So I would kind of think that there's also like other issues when it comes to like accessories with switching to uh, USB-C and then going to cordless. So I would assume that they just skip USB-C altogether. Also, as a giant, just like, we are Apple, we don't listen to you type thing. Like, I feel like that's very much in the cards there. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that is an interesting perspective. And I do feel like since these companies are multinational, like meaning that they're in every different country, it's hard for governments to regulate them because it's kind of like social media too, right? Like they're almost their own form of government because they have so much influence over people and it's across border lines. So it will be interesting to see how Apple reacts to this if they do it just in the EU, if it's universal. Like last year, Apple sold in 2021, 241 million iPhones. 56 million of those were sold in Europe. 
So there is a huge amount of iPhones that are sold outside of Europe. So Europe is an important market to them, but it's not like the end-all be-all market. Like obviously the U.S. is. And so I think that if the U.S. was coming out with this law, it may have a little bit more weight. We will see what happens. Very interesting story to follow. I'm excited to honestly like see it unfold. I do I do have a feeling like, I, I would say if we're like doing percentages and I feel like I'm never going to making predictions, so take this with a grain of salt. I would say there's like a 30% chance that Apple just goes portless by then. And then I think there's like a 30% chance that they try to fight it, win or whatever. And then I think the rest of it is like, they could, they'll just do it. So I don't know. It seems, it's an interesting story to follow. I, we'll see how it goes. I think like, I don't know. Would you say like 40% likelihood they just do this? I, I think there's a solid likelihood that they end up just fully ditching USB Type-C for the, so the iPhones. For the iPads, I think that they'll probably end up going USB Type-C regardless. And They already the kind of are. Yeah, for the most part. The only ones that aren't USB Type-C, I believe, are the normal iPad. And yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. The, norm, the normal iPad is without versions. it. So, yeah. And older versions. So I feel like moving forward, the normal iPad will be updated with a USB Type-C port, which is long overdue at this point, to be completely honest with you. Laptops are already available to charge via USB Type-C, regardless if you have MagSafe or not, because they did bring MagSafe back. And so you have the ability to charge through the USB Type-C port because they are Thunderbolt 3 or Thunderbolt 4 now, sorry. So... With that, I think those won't be much of an issue. What I'm actually excited to hear more about, and we'll, we'll definitely be updating you guys as the story unfolds, is going to be a similar uh, legislation that's being planned to brought to the EU uh, with regard to electric car charging as well. Like Tesla is going to be faced with the pretty much an ultimatum to only provide uh, the standard Electrify port that are used amongst all other electric cars. This is another part of the story that has been unfolding over the past couple of months. So it hasn't been passed as of yet, but I'm sure that if this has been passed now, it sets precedent. So we may be seeing something similar with electric cars soon. And we'll be keeping you guys up to date with how Tesla is going to be reacting to that. Yeah, super excited to talk more about that. We're very excited to keep covering this story in general on the podcast. I feel like when we have issues that are super relevant to kind of like just like the overall market and how things are going to move. It's much more exciting than just talking about like an iterative update, even though those are exciting too. And they're often things that I like that week. And other things I like that week are mentioned on the podcast every week because we have a session of the podcast called Stuff We Like This Week, where we talk about music, movies, trends, books, ideas that we're enjoying. And so Darsh, I want to kick it off with a YouTube channel that I am like genuinely obsessed with called Better Ideas. It's run by this guy named Joey. He only has like 80 videos on the channel. The channel is like 3 million subscribers. He's like the perfect example of putting out quality content instead of like just a ton of content. And every video is like literally changes my perspective on life. Like it's wild. And it's, it's doing that for a lot of people. So one of his latest videos, I think it's called like why your life is so boring. And I personally am someone that first of all, like two things, I like constantly need exciting things going on in my work life to like feel like the most fulfilled and happy in work. But at the same time, I also love routine and consistency. And I love to like know what my day is going to look like and kind of plan things out because I just feel like then get what you want done versus like being at the whim of someone else. But the idea is that on Instagram and all these other sites, we constantly just see highlight reels of people's lives. So like the day that they get married or the the amazing trip that they go on, the promotion, the going out for their birthday, like whatever it may be. And like our brain internalizes that as like what their everyday looks like. But in reality, everyone's everyday is just the 16 hours that they're awake, which are mostly mundane activities repeated. And how like that's actually kind of exciting. And there's so much like casual. One of my like really good friends and I constantly talk about how like we're very easily pleased with dumb things like the first sip of coffee or like good weather or whatever it may be. And I've really subscribed to this idea of like casual magic of like, there just being so many things to like be happy and appreciative about in your everyday life, whether it literally just be like catching up with a friend or calling family. And he kind of talks about that in this video and all of his videos. And I feel like he always leaves me like feeling excited and optimistic. And also like I can make a change to my life in whatever area he's talking about. 
Whereas I feel like some of the other self-help YouTubers are like so aspirational that sometimes it's hard to relate to them. That's actually really interesting. And and don't don't underplay like that you're saying the dumb little things. Yo, the first sip of coffee makes a huge difference. It's so like, true. Yeah, it's not even like, dumb. I, I, They're just like little things. It's not things. even dumb. Like yeah. it's it, it's a little thing. And like, I didn't actually realize how much I appreciated my like the first sip of coffee until like I think I was like extremely tired one day and I had to get in the car and start driving. And I sit down, and I have like that one sip, and I don't know why immediately after I felt somewhat wired. Yeah. Like I immediately just felt that's like, wild. okay, like my day has started. Like this is how it goes. So I don't think that's a dumb little thing at all. I definitely have to check out the channel. What's it called again? Better ideas. And the person Better that came ideas. up with like casual magic, her name is Unjaded Jade. And like one of my really good friends that I were talking about it this like literally all week. It's just like all these like small things that yeah, like just make your day. And if you go into like every day with like looking for those things, then I just feel like you end up feeling a lot more happy and like fulfilled at the end of the day. So yeah, that's my first one. Absolutely, I think that's a great first. I definitely have to check that out. Yeah, please do. I'll I'll send you my fave video from him. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. My first one for this week is going to be House of Dragon. I I've already talked about like the oh, show on the podcast okay. before. I think it was episode seven that came out on Sunday, and oh my goodness holy i'm not even gonna say it it is so good and it is so messed up on so many different levels really at this it is like so like this show is like game of thrones but on steroids it's like done what 20 years later pretty much like the initial first season so like they can be a lot more i guess messed up with how they go about things because it's not like they're trying to play and figure out what audience is watching it's very much like these are people who would watch game of thrones so the more messed up game of thrones got they can now kind of just translate immediately over to the show so like I'm talking everything from like like just like really really weird but interesting storylines like you can't tell who's an antagonist or who's a protagonist like you can't tell any of this stuff anymore like it's very much like everyone is just either a villain or a good but then like they switch and flip flop back and forth it's a it's a whole thing but yeah no I highly recommend the show again if you're 18 years of age or older just because it is a mature show and there are a lot of um, visual contents that if you are underage you should not be watching Ooh, okay but that is my disclaimer right there but absolutely go check out house of dragon if you haven't if you haven't even seen game of thrones don't worry about it they do a really good job of kind of explaining the world as it goes and it is a prequel so anything that happens in game of thrones isn't really relevant here just the only thing is just the targaryen family which i'm sure you'll be able to find a video on youtube that will explain the family from game of thrones perspective versus uh, house of dragon so you have that kind of pre uh, pre-context but I think it's a great show. Definitely go check it out, guys. It's phenomenal. Wow. Okay. Love that. That's actually going to be the last one that we both say for this week. Totally my bad, but today's kind of a packed, overscheduled day and I have to go. But I feel like that was a high note to leave it off on. So excited to check that out. If you guys enjoy this episode, we'll be back next week, 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. Huge shout out to Adil Constantine for the incredible intro outro music. We literally like look forward to making this podcast every week and you guys make it possible. Um, the John Prosser episode did exceptionally well. So thank you guys so much genuinely for the feedback on that episode. Like Darsh and I had an incredible, we were on a high from that episode and it means so oh, much. I, I, I was straight up like, I was almost in tears. Like I was in tears at points of it. I was, Me too. I was happy over the moon. It was just, it was an emotional roller coaster, it but was. also just phenomenal episode. So if you guys haven't actually heard that, go check it out. And with that also being said, make sure to go drop a review down on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We definitely go check those out and we give a shout out every week at the beginning of the episode. So if you guys want a chance to be featured, definitely go drop a review at the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and uh, we'll see you guys next week, 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. Bye. Bye.